CSG has simplified the complexity of business by delivering innovative customer engagement solutions that help companies acquire, monetize, engage, and retain customers. CSG manages billions of critical customer interactions every year, and you can find out more by visiting csgi.com. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and it's time for our monthly sponsored podcast. Our sponsor this month is CSG. Uh, You can find out more about them at csgi.com, their website. And my guest today is Scott Lawrence, and he's from CSG's Experiences Practice Division. So that's the area of CSG that focuses on the customer experience and it helps uh, their clients. It helps them make decisions. You know, it helps uh, them sort of frame what opportunities are coming up, how they can get to a path where they're doing continuous improvement and really excel in the process of making a digital transformation. The phrase digital transformation is kind of tired, but it's 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 actually all-encompassing, and that's kind of what's happening to a lot of businesses, especially in the pandemic. And we'll get into that in the uh, podcast. So we're going to talk a little bit about the context of a digital transformation, um, why you should be looking at the consumer experience and letting that inform some of the corporate choices that you make. Um, We'll look at the timing, you know, whether it's uh, good for businesses to dive in now or wait until later. Um, We'll look at how to test ideas, what the measurement should be for a digital transformation process or any process that digitizes part of a business. And then we also talk about the culture a little bit and how uh, businesses can adjust their culture and make it one where constant change and constant improvement is uh, is a little more uh, built in to what they do every day. So uh, please enjoy this uh, interview with Scott Lawrence from CSG's Experience Practice Division. Welcome to the podcast, Scott Lawrence from CSG. Well, thank you so much, Phil, for affording me the opportunity to be here. It's uh, uh, great to have you on. And you're from the Experiences Practice Division inside CSG. So you focus on customer experience. And I think that's a great um, uh, thing to talk about in the context of digital transformation. Um, so since you're, since you're one who already looks at, at what the customer experience is, I'm, I'm wondering... Um, what kind of market demands and what kind of competitive pressures you see uh, pushing companies toward doing a digital transformation now? Yeah, as you might imagine, uh, circumstances have been kind of interesting in, in 2020, uh, given kind of this global pandemic and, and the challenges faced by that. And what's really happened is there's been a fundamental shift uh, from brick and mortar and from typical purchasing behaviors to more of an online, you know, non-touch environment. And so as a result of that, uh, if your experience digitally is good, uh, then obviously that's going to show well. If it's not good, well, that's clearly equally going to uh, show. And and the, the challenge that we're facing is I think a lot of experiences online actually are pretty bad. And we've seen mm-hmm. that across a multitude of, of customers and clients, both from a purchasing so that browsing and buying, but also on the self-servicing side of the equation. So, you know, there's just a lot of, I think, a spotlight right now on what those experiences are. And then the other piece of it, Phil, that's kind of interesting is just, I think right now consumers 
overall loyalty as it relates to willingness to try other things is so much easier now because mm -hmm. it's a, just a click of a button to try a competitor as opposed yeah. to, you know, going into a store location, having to shift something. So we see a lot of uh, shifting going on. Yeah. You bring up some good points there. I mean, the whole idea of, you know, since all the experience is digital now, it's like the only way that companies are reaching people in a pandemic. And then, like you said, even though that's convenient for the customer, a lot of times it actually makes it much harder to hold on to customers because the nearest competitor, the better offer is just a, just a quick click and a handful of data away. <laughs> um, so what are the current uh, things happening in the telco space, um, you know, as far as digital initiatives and, 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 you know, did those, um, you know, have you observed any, any lessons that could be uh, uh, amplified, you know, as those companies are going through their uh, digital transformation? Yeah, you know, as you might imagine, telco being a service area, the demand right now on on the telco side is at an all time peak. And the reason why is people are home, they need the connectivity, the consistency of that. So things are good in the telco business, especially on broadband and wireless technology and 5G, where people are needing these things. Uh, but the problem is, is that most telcos uh, have not made the investments necessary to create the best possible experience. Most uh, maybe operate if they have brick and mortar locations. I know there's challenges even in that those experiences. I, I, I can't find, I think, one friend of mine or relationship of mine that says, hey, I love going out to the to the location that my phone <laughs> company has and going in there. Right. And, right, and so yeah. start there and now compound that by the fact that the investments probably haven't been made as much on on the digital side. And so, you know, again, it's, it's coming into sharp focus. The, the challenge is that people feel a little bit paralyzed too to make these types of investments, uh, because, you know, when you have these things going on, the uncertainty from a corporate perspective is very, very high. So we see this in the telco space. The first part of the pandemic is kind of everybody freezes. They kind of want to see what happens. What's the consumer behavior going to be? Do people cut services yeah. and so on? But as we've progressed further, we're starting to see things kind of open back up again. And people realize that, oh, wait a minute, I can't just sit back and, and hope things are going to change back again. But rather, I'm going to have to start addressing some of these things, which means I'm going to have to make some investments in my online experience. So we're, we're seeing kind of a multitude of that activity across the board. Yeah. And, and, and the to amplify that point, you know, a lot of companies in the telco space are a product of multiple years of mergers and acquisitions. So they, they have different backend systems, different processes and things like that. Some of the times those things had come together, you know, like the, you know, uh, uh, online in a, in a reasonable way. But in some cases, like, you know, there's a couple of major operators that you pretty much have to go to the store to get anything done because they haven't unified all of those processes in the back end. And I, I, I suspect now they're probably a little bit more motivated <laughs> to, to do that. Um, since people can't get to the stores quite as easily. Um, I'm, I'm curious about the downside risk of, uh, and, and maybe some potential, you know, like what's the upside potential and the downside risk for taking a business model and, and completely digitizing it? Yeah, well, one, you know, I think you have to look at your persona user base. So you're going to have a, a lot of different types of users. So, you know, young audiences all the way up through folks that are in my dad's age range, the 70s, 80s. Uh, and so, you know, depending upon the background and the comfort level with technology uh, is going to determine what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. 
So don't just sort of focus on one strategy. More, more importantly, activate the voices of the customers that you're after. I think part of the challenge that we see in general in the experiences practice uh, and across not just telcos, but any industry is there's a tendency for decision making to be focused from a corporate perspective. Uh, sure. and, and so they're saying, hey, what, what do I need? I want to cut costs. I want to increase you know, the average revenue per customer. No customers walking around saying, you know, how do I improve the revenues of the telco that I'm working with or the company I'm working with? They're trying to find ways to satisfy problems and challenges that they're facing. And so, you know, I think that the, the risk that you run into is if you're too myopic in either direction, um, if you're totally focused on non-digital, I think you're going to miss a segment of the audience that's actually wanting to have more of a self-servicing environment. They want things done quickly. They want to go online. They want to click off and they want to just move on with their day. Equally so, uh, there's individuals that want a high touch experience. They want to be able to mm -hmm. talk to a human being and have a conversation and determine what those needs are. So as a business, I think part of it is to determine, you know, what do you want to be, uh, you know, in terms of that, that sort of spectrum and scale? And most importantly, what is your consumer base that's utilizing your services or where you'd like to be, you know, maybe pulling some, some of your, your competitors, customers away, what do they want in order to satisfy yeah. those needs? So the downside of not doing anything obviously is you're, you're going to kind of keep getting the same of, of what you're experiencing. Uh, but equally so, if you don't make these investments, your competition probably is, and they're going to strip away customers from you, uh, and maybe rightfully so. Yeah, and we, we, we see that in, in so many, especially on the consumer side, we see so many consumer businesses that are being upended by just a single competitor who's really digitally focused just coming in and, you know, maybe doing just one thing really well. Uh, you know, something mail order or, or easy fulfillment, sell it online, Instagram ads and all that. And, and, you know, you, th those, those kind of um, consumer brands tend to catch, you know, catch on pretty quickly, um, which, which kind of got me to thinking because, you know, telcos uh, that we cover at light reading that, you know, even though we're a business to business publication, large part of the telco experiences business to consumer. So I'm curious as to whether digital transformations, if you guys have observed them working better in business to consumer or business to business, or do you, do you really uh, see success in both areas? Well, happily enough, Phil, we, we at uh, CSG do both, right? So we do, con we do consumer, we do business. And, and let's be honest, uh, a business is nothing more than a group of consumers. So they have the similar behaviors of activity, just at larger scale. Uh, and so it is important to note that, you know, the, the things that sort of frustrate uh, or, or, or delight uh, a consumer have a tendency to also either frustrate or delight a, a business holder or user of the services. So it is critically important to, to look at both sides of the equation, uh, but there are learnings that can be shared uh, vice versa. So it's for our perspective, typically a business to business uh, consumer that's going to be going out there actually accessing this information is going to be a little bit more complicated, more complex. So we, wherever possible, love to be able to start on the B to, to, to B side of the equation because that really affords us to look at the most complex challenges, the most problematic scenarios, the bundling issues that occur. And then consumers are just a little bit easier equation to look at, but they may have fundamentally different needs, you know, from a billing equation perspective, uh, I'll give you a big push in the industry that it's always happening. It's always frustrating to me is, uh, you know, you see this thing about e-bills and, and constantly saying, Hey, you know, save the environment and, you know, go, go, go paperless and all that. I'm not sure most consumers are screaming and begging to please don't send me a physical bill. That's just not right. something that's occurring. But what's happening at a corporate level is saying, hey, this is a cost line item. I want to eliminate this. And, right. and it, but, but what happens is 
you're missing a huge opportunity, especially in the services industry, especially in this COVID environment of not no touch, uh, to have a touch point with your customer. So the key mm-hmm. would be is think about these elements, not from the corporate perspective on those elements, but rather, hey, what is the consumer challenge? Maybe the bill should be reformatted, redesigned. Is there an opportunity for me to present materials that are uniquely positioned to me on an individual basis based upon my behaviors as a one-off consumer? So maybe mm-hmm. I could be upgraded to something or offered something. So turn the bill into something that really helps them be successful. Uh, same thing on the on the on the B to B side. Maybe they want a digital bill. Maybe they want to chop it up differently. And so by activating those voices and asking them what they want, uh, I mm-hmm. think it's important. So we are seeing success in both B to B and B to C. Uh, I don't think one should be more important than the other. Typically, complexity is higher on B to B, but there are going to be spillovers and learnings both directions and they should be leveraged equally in um you know from that corporate mentality of like you know we're going to do this digital transformation we're going to digitize parts of our business but um but we but we want quick wins we want to show success you know before the end of the quarter (laughs) that's kind of the corporate mentality so what what uh, is there a process that's required to to help companies get to that point because you know you don't want them to uh I guess, uh, lose faith too early on in the process. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, many of these deployments, especially a lot of work that we do at CSG could be large scale billing platform deployments that can take a period sure. of time, you know, 12, 18 months, et cetera. But, um, but there are a lot of, uh, things that we can do and solutions that we can do that are much, uh, quicker, much more rapid, uh, deployment. And I think part of the, the thing that makes it important to establish a trusting relationship is really to show those quick wins. And I think if you can really sit down and review, and I mean, again, activating human voices, really talking about what is possible and and what are the problems that are being faced by that particular end user. Um, And that could be internal to the business or it could be external to the consumer side. Uh, I think it's critically important to activate those voices and then make sure that you're driving those things forward so that you are choosing something that's going to be successful. And, and many of these engagements uh, can be short term. Uh, many of the work uh, elements that we do, it could be completed within 90 to 120 days and out there and deployed and, and, and physically adding value uh, on that. And I do think it's a good way to, to one, establish trust, uh, but more importantly, too, to, to drive forward to grander, you know, grander opportunities across a multitude of areas. So I would, right. I would definitely suggest that uh, um, as opposed to jumping right into a large scale mass digital transformation, um, yeah. if whoever you choose, uh, whether it's CSG or another group, start off with some quick hit pilot opportunities that show value with immediacy uh, to, to get a good working dynamic going and then drive those things forward. Um, so p- part of this process, too, is going to be, um, you know, looking to see what's what might work and how quickly you know, you can kind of pivot to something that works. So um, how can, you know, creative ideas be, I guess, prototyped and tested to see if they're actually going to be effective, you know, before you get too far into an investment or too far into that process? Well, I've always said the worst dollar spends the dollar wasted. Uh, so that's kind of a general theme that I like to focus in on. And I think the, the where, where wasted dollars occur uh or exactly the area by one, not starting at the strategy and advisory level, not starting with the human voice centered work. And I mean, asking the questions, having interviews, talking through the process with both the call center agents, what are they experiencing? 
the individuals from a corporate perspective, what are the things they see and the consumers themselves. So, so start there, right. And make sure that you're sort of activating those voices and then driving the activities that you're talking about off of that too. Um, there's a lot of great tools out there. We use things like uh, Marvel, which is a rapid prototyping tool that doesn't require you to go and build all the back office integrations and make these determinations. Um, you know, I would, I would suggest that you understand the underlying architecture uh, for two parts. One, what are the limitations of the architecture from a visualization side? So what can I implement or not implement so that you're not ultimately designing something that's awesome and it's great, but then you can't deploy it. Uh, right. And you see that a lot of times with advertising agencies that do that. They don't take into consideration. It's beautiful. It's great. And it's well thought out, but it can't be deployed because you talked about earlier, those legacy systems and platforms. Yeah. Uh, so start there, understanding what those things are. And then based upon that, when you're designing it, you can test, you can rapidly test these elements. And, and I mean, it's through the typical things, the AB testing, but put it into tools like Marvel that allows to put in front of consumers and determine what works and what doesn't work. Uh, and we have some pretty sophisticated uh, tools that, that do things like eye tracking and determine, you know, a person may say to you, I love it. But if you see they're wandering all over the place, uh, not able to yeah. suggest things, then you can make edits and changes and then drive that forward very quickly. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, glad you mentioned that. Cause that is, that is an interesting thing is like, you want these and sometimes they'll give an, they'll give an answer that sounds, you know, like they think the person asking wants to hear, but if you actually observe their behavior, they might think, oh, this page is too confusing or it's taking me too long to find something or whatever. And, um, that's, that's interesting using that technology to kind of, um, uh, delve into that a little bit. Um, so that's the testing side. Now let's talk about, I guess, another corporate imperative would be the measurement side. So, um, uh, you know, how, how do you, uh, or how should an organization measure the effectiveness of what they're doing? Um, you know, what, what standards should they have? What, what areas should they be looking at? Um, I guess in companies, they would say, you know, what are your KPIs, you know, that sort of thing, uh, to, to, to measure a digital transformation. Yeah. Well, so, uh, couple different things you've, you've talked about here. We'll, I'll, I'll refer back on the one. One, avoid focus groups because in group environments, people have a tendency to uh, to answer things based on um, what everybody else is sort of saying and they want to feel good at part of the group. So I just want to throw that one out there. KPIs, yeah. oh, it's such a challenging area, Phil. I think yeah. the, the biggest problem you run into with KPIs are what a corporation measures uh, for success is not what a consumer measures for success. So I'm, I'm going to take something just very, very simply. Let's, let's go take eggs, right? We all buy eggs. We go out there and grab them, uh, assuming that we're not not vegan. Um, and when, when you go into the location, you know, what we care about is, you know, hey, some people get excited about price. Some people get excited about, hey, are the, are the, are the, the birds treated properly? You know, are they hormone-free? Uh, as I'm stealing their eggs from them and I'm eating them, ultimately, is it a free-range sort of thing? So what motivates people is going to be different. Corporately, it might be, What's the, the number of eggs that, that go from the, the farm to the actual store that are unbroken? What's my profit margin associated with? None right. of those things consumers are asking. And so I would start with stop focusing as an organization on, hey, what are the things I want from a profit perspective, a revenue perspective? Find out what motivates the consumer because your success, you'll be much more successful. And I think uh, achieve the actual objectives that you're really seeking if you actually measure what the consumer wants and determine what the things are that they're the problems that they're trying to overcome. And if you can address those, you're going to pull people away from your competitors. You're going to find people have a, a stickiness to you and a longevity that's going to exceed what you want, which is going to ultimately achieve your revenue targets, 
your reduction right. is actually in cost because it's expensive to go out there and acquire new customers. So, you know, I think that the first step has to be is, you know, break the mentality uh, of a typical, you know, key performance indicators as traditionally measured and start focusing it on how am I addressing the problems faced by consumers? And if I'm doing that, I will find great success in that process. And it's a, it's a hard shift. And like you talked about, you know, when you're being measured quarter to quarter, uh, it takes yeah. the brave soul uh, and the, <laughs> the brave leadership to be able to say, here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it's interesting too. I think it's also, you know, communication helps too, because I, you know, investors get it, you know, if you tell them, Hey, I'm setting us up to succeed in the long term, um, and what you're doing sounds reasonable. It it's, I I think most investors prefer that over a, Hey, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to make this quarter's number. And then we'll be holding our breath. (laughs) Yeah. We'll worry about it next quarter. Right. You know, just kind of carrying over the problem. No, I think if you can articulate a roadmap, Mm -hmm. uh, and it, and it appears to be based upon, um, really some fundamental thoughtful processes. And I think you can do that when you're dealing with things like, you know, uh, uh, activation of of customer voices. I think you can find a a successful path that addresses it. And then the part of the challenge I think you mentioned earlier on to Phil was you got a lot of smaller players coming in. They're focusing very heavily on one given area. And the problem Mm -hmm. is they're not caring about profitability, right? Right. They're coming in with a lot of them that have never made a, a profit. And so focused. Yeah. Yeah. And so their, their, their metrics are going to be more consumer facing and they're going to pull stuff away. So you're going to have to recognize that you need to ultimately play within that field because if you don't, they're going to pull those guys away and you're definitely not going to achieve your economic numbers that you're seeking. So, you know, the key is that will ultimately outlast them, create a better experience. And we're, we're talking about, you know, companies changing. So how do they build a framework so that they can kind of continue to change throughout their normal business processes, you know, keep doing what they're doing, but identify those areas that need to, you know, that need some adjustment. I I think you've probably tapped on the single greatest challenge that is faced. Historically speaking, especially in the technology services sector, things have operated in these uh, waves. You know, I'll make this big investment. I'll place it out there. We'll deploy it. And then I'm not going to really worry about that again for another five years, you know, or 10 years or whatever it might be. Right. Um, yeah. That, 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 that old way of thinking cannot function anymore. This is a continuous evolution of what you have. You must constantly be going back after deployment and verifying and validating that things have not changed. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, there probably, and hopefully there won't be another round of this sort of black swan event again anytime soon, but the, but the sure. truth of the matter is, there are always changes occurring. Some new technology hits, some new competitor comes in the marketplace. So we, one, we need to move away from, you know, five-year, 10-year deployments. It's a continuous investment and constant revalidation of what we're doing uh, as an organization. And then secondarily to that, one of the things that we found great success in uh, is the establishment of uh, things like patterns libraries, which is uh, a, a centralized repository for designs that make a lot of sense from your menu items, your buttons, your fonts, your iconography, so that everything across your experience is consistent. Uh, but also too, when you change it, you can change it one time and then propagate that out off across every location in which that element is being utilized. Uh, because it is a it is a, an ongoing iterative process. So don't think about it as a one-off. Establish an environment that allows for rapid change, 
Don't uh, just listen at a corporate board level, because I think that, you know, those the folks that are at a board level have a, a very specific viewpoint and a single point, but rather right. let's activate all the voices uh, and drive right. those things forward. Great. Um, okay, so uh, we're, we're just about out of time. Any parting recommendations uh, for companies who either haven't started their digital transformation process yet, or maybe they've gotten so far and they've kind of plateaued and don't really know where to go next? Yeah, I would, I would say uh, a couple things. One, uh, don't give up. Uh, it is critically important uh, to realize that sometimes it takes time for those investments to show the typical metrics of return. Uh, and so it's important to, to drive those things forward and make continuous investment in that area. Uh, two, it's very important to find a good partner, folks that have good case studies and, 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 and good execution certainty so that they can really prove value in the equation. Uh, and start off with some things like a piloting structure that allows you to, to go after it. So, and the third, hopefully you'll, you'll consider CSG and our experiences practice and CSG in general. I think we're a, we're a great organization and, and uh, we're excited. Uh, and I think we, we place uh, emphasis in the right areas as hopefully has been presented in this, in this podcast that allows us to really explain, Hey, why is it important to do these things? Uh, so I'd love yeah. to be able to, 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 you know, to work with anybody out there. All right. Well, uh, 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 you heard it directly from Scott Lawrence at CSG. He wants he wants your business. He has he has some answers, as you've heard. So, uh, uh, what's the best way to to reach out and uh, and get in touch with you guys? Are you guys on on social media? Uh, go to csgi.com. That is else? correct. Yeah, if you go to the corporate website uh, csgi.com, uh, obviously the, there's a great uh, feedback lead in there and, and contact okay. information, and, and we'll get in contact right away. And, we're excited about being able to do that and really appreciate the time, Phil. All right, Scott. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much.